1: 106.5 FM
2: Los Angeles. 102.3 FM Riverside. And 1050
1: AM
0: Palm Springs. Welcome back into the House of Mystery. I'm Al Warren. On the other side of the uh, coast, we've got Mr. Dave Martino. I am here. Yeah. Shut yeah. me, Al. Yeah. Well, of course. Who else would I have? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's several. We've got several hosts
4: that's on right. the
0: run all the time. On the run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, by the law. It depends <laughs> on who our guest is. So, um, of course, you've written horror and your sci fi and that stuff. So you fit perfectly yeah. with our guest today. We've got Absolutely. a man that's written a lot of books. And we're talking. Um, yeah, it's crazy. We'll just go right, right to him. So, Mr. Declan Finn, thank you for being here.
5: Thank you for having me.
0: So, so Declan, um, it looks like you've written a lot of books, um, but a short time. So let, let's talk about yourself. Um, where did it start for you? Like, why, why did you get into writing, do you think?
5: I got into writing largely because I was compelled to. Uh, I don't know how many authors also mention the compulsion part. But basically, I was going to do one lousy short story. That was it. One story. I'll get this idea out of my head. And that'll be it. About, uh, six books later, um, that were in modern terms about 800 pages long, uh, each book, <laughs> uh, I found that, yeah, I have rewired my brain to continuously process and come up with new ideas. So congratulations, I'm a writer, whether I like it or not. <laughs> uh, if, usually when people ask me, I want to be a writer, what should I do? My first response is, if you want to be a writer, no, you don't. You really don't. <laughs> if you have to be a writer, we can talk. Mm.
0: So so it was kind of a real uh, me. So you, you write really quickly, it sounds like. It sounds like you're... You're a person that sits down and just writes. Is that how it goes for you? to get? Do you get this idea, concept, and maybe characters all at once, and you just sit down and do it?
5: More or less, yes. Um, most of my books have been a matter of sit down, uh, design a character uh, fully enough, so that they can basically be autonomous. I drop them into situations and just, you know, let them go. Um, more recently, I've uh, taken up uh, outlines and that sort of thing, but even then, outlines can be a little bit fluid, especially when it's, you know, I, I've just outlined uh, pounding the pavement and interviewing people and standard procedural stuff. For the next two chapters, but I'm already bored. So let's get, blow up this guy's car and move on. You know, things mm-hmm. like that.
0: <laughs> well, that's that's interesting. So you it, it, you're almost working like a computer in a sense. So you don't you don't have to be in a certain mood or a certain situation. You just can sit down and do it.
5: Uh, correct, uh, mainly because I'm. My brain is always working on this sort of stuff, uh, writing situations, how to approach situations, depending on the character. Uh, even when I'm just trying to do downtime, like watching the, watching television or reading or trying to do something quote unquote mindless, but when the brain won't shut off, it's always it's always working. So by the time I actually get back to the computer, half of it's already, uh, outlined. Whether I have it down on paper or not, it's already been worked on. I just have to fit. I just have to flesh it out.
4: Well, in the course of your writing, um, have your characters become, I don't know, autonomous? Have they done anything to surprise you? Have they kind of gone off the rails and rebelled from the plot that was already in your mind, and the the the, uh, the direction you had wanted to go with the story? Has that ever happened?
5: What is all of the above? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, I've had books where I've had some books where I'm going along I have a perfectly good idea of where the story is going who all of the characters are and I've had characters from other books just wander in and they took over. Like, Mm. dang it, you're not supposed to be in this one, but (laughs) alright, fine, fine, we'll we'll take it, we'll move on. Um, In fact, I had one series, in fact, uh, my current book, White Ops, was the first thing I had ever written. And uh, I went back, I, I decided, okay, I will put it off. I will come back to it later. I will work on other things. Um, and when I started working on my next project after that, which was a thriller, uh, current day, I wound up having the main character be... The ancestor of the person, of the main character from White Ops, because the plot would not move on until I actually wow. named him after the other one. It was fairly obnoxious of all, the entire family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at, at this point, I have gotten to the point where I have just blamed the entire uh, Ryan family for just being obnoxious to work with. They don't exist, mind you, but I blame them anyway.
0: <laughs> well, do you, how do you describe your characters? The sense of um, a lot of writers will describe their characters as possibly being um, like their children or family. They, they have all sorts of things they say about them. How do you describe your characters?
5: Um, well, usually I describe writing itself as legalized schizophrenia. But in the case of, how I put this? It's my way of making the people who live rent in my, live in my head pay rent. You know, no, nobody lives in my nobody lives rent free in my head. It, it's a matter of just taking them and making them pay, pay their dues. <laughs> <laughs> well, how you know? do you
4: um, experience your characters? Do you have um, an inner monologue in your head when you write, or is it something more? Is it more visual for you, and, and something you're trying to transcribe?
5: It's mostly visual. Um, I have problems writing characters if I don't have a good grasp of what they look like. Uh, that's a reason why there are sometimes I will just be writing and, oh, look, uh, this singer from a YouTube video has pretty much the right look. I'll just, you know, put in what I see and write that down. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's never that neat. <laughs> um, in fact, there are some characters who I had a perfectly solid image in my head of what they look like, and over time, they morphed into something completely different. Uh, that, that was one of those times where it happened over a series of books, and let's just say that I was very glad that it was a first-person perspective, and he never described himself, so I didn't have to worry about how the character had changed physical appearance in my head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, your your book that just came out, White right Ops, just came out January 18th here. Um, I believe your main character is Sean Patrick
5: Ryan. So who is Sean Patrick Ryan? Um, Sean Ryan is a member of the uh, annoying family of characters I mentioned earlier. And <laughs> uh, he started off existence as sort of a fixer a little bit of a mercenary and he ends up joining i'll call them space templars uh you know an alien group of we're going to satisfy multiple aspects of our alien culture you know warriors or priests or workers by going out and doing good deeds. Now, sometimes doing good deeds just means, uh, finding very bad people doing very bad things and making them stop, encouraging them to cease and desist their, uh, unpleasant activities one way or the other. If, you know, you know, the, uh, priest angle of the alien society will, as, as a first resort, uh, try to talk them down the uh, warrior aspect of the society will sooner break their legs, uh, that sort of thing. Um, Sean always likes to think of himself as being in the um, sure, why can't we just all sit down and reason together and then I break your legs um, (laughs) sort sort of thing. Um, Now, granted, uh, his character has warped over time um, and The threats he deals with uh over the course of the books become not a matter of it can't just be solved with reason or breaking legs it's mostly a matter of well we have to make sure we get the nuclear bomb in the right place so we can you know wipe these people out of existence preferably before they launch their own nukes
0: well, it's, uh, where did you get this character from? Like, how did how did you find Sean? Like, where did that um, particular character come from?
5: Um, remember when I said that I started writing uh, one sh- one lousy short story and it turned into multiple books? Right. This, this was him. Um, and when I started writing, I was sixteen, and I was. I had multiple prejudices uh, I, I was a Catholic chauvinist so I had to uh, for some reason I wanted him to grow up in a Catholic monastery uh, I don't know why uh, originally but it worked out um, and he this one monastery I, I, I made up an entire Catholic order just for this book and yes they post interstellar renaissance festivals uh, and if you've ever been to a Renaissance festival, there are a lot of folks who show up with a idealized view of different military cultures, for example. Uh, and this guy just wound up absorbing as many military cultures as he possibly could. Uh, I forget why he had, he wound up with an eidetic memory, but I, I basically turned him into not necessarily uh the science fiction equivalent of an Arnold Schwarzenegger character thank god I toned it down by a lot over 20 years of rewriting but uh that's where he started
0: (laughs) now it seems like okay you've got book one and two three coming out fairly quickly here so but you've kind of got one whole big book and you've divided it up if I'm right
5: uh That is true for books one and two. Um, they were too large and unwieldy Unwieldy, and it even got worse in the rewrites because uh, the opening sections of the novel just kept expanding as did the background to every character. It got to the point where I was kind of worried that I would overload people with character details so I wound up splitting it up uh, into two books for the first round. Um, The third one third book was actually a short story that was so tightly compressed and I was trying to do so much in about 36 pages Um, I literally unpacked it so that it became 360 pages (laughs) so so yes the the first two books were basically one novel but the third novel was a short story
4: interesting now we know that uh, black ops are covert operations that just haven't been officially sanctioned what are white ops in your story
5: Uh, white ops is works on several levels Uh, one well, if we're fighting an army of darkness, then we have to be white ops, not black ops, right? Uh, another angle is black ops can be things that are you don't want to officially sanction. Uh, but in the case of white ops, it's a matter of we can officially sanction this till we're blue in the face. But we really have to keep this a secret because the people, the aliens who are coming in and trying to be covert about it um think they're being sneaky they think we don't see them coming we just have to be
3: as a person with a very deep voice i'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns but a deep voice doesn't sell b2b and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell b2b either that's why if you're a b2b marketer you should use linkedin ads linkedin has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash post. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
5: year, and whenever we hit them, we have to leave no trace. So it's White Ops. White Ops is just special operations on the side of virtue. And in some cases... The white in white ops is the uh, nuclear flash. (laughs) Did did you outline the
0: whole sort of book? I guess you're not really an outliner there. It sounds like how I guess what I'm trying to say is, so you do you kind of know um, how it's going to end before you do in the book?
5: Oh, heck no. Um, I will have a general idea of, Going from point A to point Z, I have every other letter or bullet point uh, figured out. In some cases, the ball doesn't take a funny hop, it takes a ricochet. So um, the answer is, I ge- have a general idea of where I'm going to end up. How I get there is a different conversation. Um, and like I said earlier, there are sometimes, it's just a matter of, you got to get the characters to work with you or at least keep throwing obstacles in their way until they work with you.
0: Hmm. Now, you, you seem to be really into space and science fiction. Did you, do you have other writers that kind of turned you on to that?
5: Certainly. Um, I would say some of my bigger inspirations are uh, Timothy Zahn, who people might know best from uh, Star Wars, Heir to the Empire from the early 90s, uh, or J. Michael Straczynski, the guy who wrote Babylon 5. Um, later on, during the rewrites, mostly, I would say inspirations were drawn from both David Weber, who is probably best known for the Honor Harrington Space Opera series, um, it, big space battles, and uh, a lot of characters, or even John Ringo, who Come, who is also science fiction and military and comes in more from an infantry perspective. He is former army. And, um, so yeah, I, I, a little bit of column A, column B, C, and D. When
0: you, when you say space opera, so for, for listeners who are not sure, what do you mean by that?
5: Space opera, something with an epic scope. Um, there are some people who use it as derogatory because, Oh, they're old-fashioned adventure stories. Well, this is, quote, an adventure story with some politics, a lot of intrigue, a lot of how do we face overwhelming odds with fewer numbers, that sort of thing. Um, and it's basically the kitchen sink approach to uh, science fiction, where you could look at it as... Several genres crammed into one. Um, in fact, a lot of the reviewers have been going, yeah, space opera is the only way to describe this because there's politics, there's intrigue, there's spying, plain old espionage, military science fiction. How is there a romance stuffed into this as well? That sort of thing.
4: Well, I'm wondering is, uh, with so much within the stories have, you ever gotten uh, pushback from publishers uh, for for you know kind of maybe overlapping genres or anything like that?
5: Uh, no, I have not. Um, I have submitted this to three publishers. Uh, I was accepted by two, much to my surprise. Uh, I figured this was going to be something I would self-publish, but uh, I, I did not expect two different publishers to actually like it. So I. I I flipped a coin, picked one and went with it. Uh, and nobody's had any problem. I, ha- I, actually, I actually haven't had any problems even from publishers to the review on, to, to the reviewers on how many genres are in it. Um, in fact, the biggest complaint I got from somebody was, Oh, it's a little bit too much of an adventure story, but I'm not really in the mood for an adventure story right now. And that was that has been the biggest complaint I've gotten so far.
0: When do you know
5: when a story's ready? When I can no longer edit it. Um, one of the things, for anybody who has written the book and is wondering about publishing, for the love of God, please edit it. And by edit, I mean put it aside. Uh, I'd like to do about six weeks to six months. And then come back and try to read it fresh. Because by that point, we hope uh, the right writer in question will not be reading what he, he or she thinks is there. Because yeah. a lot of writers will tell you that um, when they're reading their own work, they read what should be there. What they quote-unquote know they wrote. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't happen. Um With White Ops, I knew it was time to submit it, because I couldn't read it anymore. It's like, I cannot polish this any more than I already have. If it's garbage, it's garbage. But, you know, again, I intended to self-publish and just get it out there, because I've done all this work. It's been decades, literally. So if it's not ready now, it never will be. So you've been working
0: on this a long time. Um, what do you hope people get out of the out of the series or the book anyway, the White Ops book?
5: I just hope they have a good time. Um, I'm not trying to push any agendas. I'm trying to be as non-political as fiction gets, uh, especially these days. I just hope they sit back, relax, and have fun um, without overtaxing too many people because I've read some good stories that have turned into, um, you know, how do I put this? Game of Starships with 500 characters you can no longer keep track of. You know, it, it's war and peace. You kind of read it and hope somebody dies so you'll never have to keep track of the character again. I, I just want people to read, have fun, and enjoy themselves. So it's a good time. How many books are going to be in the series? Uh, the outline, such as it is, goes up to about 13 books. There might be fewer, uh, depending on how the edits go. Uh, I have one novel that's so long, I'm trying to flip a coin as to whether or not it should be one book or two. And um, the 13-book outline is dependent largely on how the characters decide to play well with me.
0: Do you, do, do you find that like, um, each time you get through a story or for you, I guess 10 years, you've been so each year or something, do you, do you find you become a better writer?
5: I become a faster writer, um, better. I have no idea. I, I, honestly, not. Um, it's mainly because I've, self-published books. I've written late 90s, early aughts where I've got where the reply in the reviews have been, you can obviously see his evolution as a writer. Like, dude, I literally wrote this 22 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) So it's sort of difficult to see exactly how the improvement has happened um, or where the improvement has come from. But overall, yes, uh, if only if only through output.
4: You've written for uh, a long time. And um, I'm just wondering if you've noticed any motifs, any recurrent themes in your fiction. And if uh, these are things that you tease out or they uh, kind of come uh, come to the surface unconsciously. No,
5: not particularly. Um, like I said, I try to be all. Of, I am all over the place, genre-wise. Uh, it's kind of hard to have epic space battles in one genre translate into urban fantasy on another. Um, th- at least I haven't gotten to that point yet. Uh, the closest I came was blowing up parts of Central Park, uh, so so that was a good day. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but aside from that, no, not really. I try there are some people who insist that i have a well-developed sense for heroism but it's like i don't think that's a motif so i don't think that fits your question
0: so where do you see yourself going um with with the writing world
5: well um i've got five books i am currently writing as well as finishing out the edits slash writing on the rest of the White Ops books, as well as, what, another four books in one of my uh, urban fantasy series that's currently being held up by Amazon. But uh, after those, hold on, <laughs> additional... 15, 20 books are written I intend to completely retire uh, we'll see how long it takes for all 20 books to come out uh, if it's my usual rate of speed it'll be five years if it's not my usual rate of speed it may take the next 20 <laughs> so I, I don't tend to see much farther be, you know than five ten year five 20 years from now
0: <laughs> so are you are you really um liking the social media and do you like to interact with your
5: readers uh well that's two different questions <laughs> i i like interacting <laughs> you know i like interacting with fans i like interacting with my readers uh they, they usually have a lot of interesting questions or suppositions and sometimes they're a little bit too close to the mark where i have to not answer at all it's like yeah you know exactly where book four is going i can't say anything now um, that sort of thing. So I like interacting with that. Do I like social media? No. Not at all. Uh, unfortunately, I need it in order to get the word out. Even to fans of mine, thank you, uh, all these social media algorithms uh, that make it impossible for individual posts to get there, unless I'm constantly spamming. Um, but no, I do not like social media. Interacting with the fans, great. It's wonderful. I love them. They're all interesting people one way or another. Dealing with social media, if I didn't need social media, I'd leave it tomorrow.
0: Well, I'm sure a lot of people feel that way, you know. Um, Hmm. So if there was one book, someone hasn't read anything you've ever written before, um, what one book would you tell them to to pick up to get the uh, feel for
5: who you are? I would probably start with White Ops. It, Like I said, it's one of the first projects I ever worked on and it has shades of the writer I have been over the entire course of my career because I come back to it every few years whenever I figure, yeah, I have evolved further to some degree or another, uh, come back, start working with it or hitting it with a hammer. Um, to get it into the right shape. And so you wind up with a lot of shades of who I am and who I have been, uh, while I've been writing. So definitely start with white ops. Um, yeah, that, that's where I'd go. Mm.
0: Now, um, do you have a website and a place that you like people to come find you or is it just social media?
5: Oh, I try to be everywhere. Um, I have a sub Declanfinn.substack. I have a blog that's DeclanFin.com. I've got Declanfinn books on Twitter, a Facebook page, uh, a Facebook group, just plain Facebook. Uh, uh, just because it's there, I. What are those other ones? Uh, one's a gab, one's a parlor, one's a me one's a getter, I think. Yeah, I think that's the other one. But it's basically, if there's a social media platform, I'm on it. I've even dragged myself onto Instagram of all places. Um, I'm not trying to downgrade Instagram, but it's like, I get to post photos. What am I going to post photos of? I write science fiction. None of this stuff exists in the real world. (laughs) So... Wow. Well, we'll put that
0: up on our website as well. We'll have people so they can uh, find you and and, uh, one-click and pick up your book. Um, The book we're talking about is White Ops, and the guest is the author, uh, Declan Finn. Thank you for being here.
5: Thank you for having me. Thanks, Declan.
2: Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877 351 See for yourself
4: at BotoxCosmetic.com.
1: You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.